The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials, named Jairus, came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid. Just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house the synagogue official, uh, of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took along the child's father and mother, and those who were with him, and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of twelve, arose immediately and walked around. At that they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this, and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. It's, um, it, it, the, the length of the passage, uh, you know, itself, I think, requires an explanation. In, in, uh, you know, as we w- make our way through uh, the lectionary and we see kind of uh, chopped up portions of, uh, of the gospel uh, that are given to us, and we're right to ask, like, you know, why, why this uh, length of a, of a passage? I, at least I ask that question. You, may, you might not ask that question because, of course, um, the reason for the length of the passage is, is to hold the whole story together, right? It's one story. Uh, but also, there's, it's not really one story. It's two stories. It's just that the, the first part of the first story um, is, is followed on by the whole of the second story, and then the second part of the first story comes in at the end. It's what's called a Markin sandwich, okay? So anyway, <laughs> just to just to enlighten you <laughs> with... Uh, with a little piece of trivia there. But, it, of course, it's not trivia because um, the, this, the sandwich is kind of carefully layered together such that um, the, the, inner, uh, the inner story and the, and the outer story 
relate to each other and kind of, um, I don't know, knock sparks off each other and uh, enlighten each other and all and, and that kind of thing. Um, I don't I don't think that I'm prepared to do that that work this morning, but I think just as an indication for you as you're uh, as you're reading through the gospel, this is not the only Markin sandwich, um, and and you see that uh, these these stories, whole stories are, are, are held together, there are reasons why. And, um, and I think that many of those connections to be made are connections really in, in our own minds and hearts. So, uh, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you worry about, um, about those. Uh, they're not details, but uh, worry about uh, the, the connections and the like. Um, there, there's, a lot going, there's a lot going on here, uh, of course, uh, we're looking again. You know, it's 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 important to note because we you know we just spent yesterday in the uh, in the, in the cemetery among the dead in the in the uh, non-Jewish region, the Gentile region. You know, among the pigs and whatever. Right? You're looking at um, a defilement. You're looking at uh, being rendered unclean, like this kind of thing. And and in this story, this is very these are very much the same stuff is going on because in because like as soon as uh, Jairus comes to Jesus to say, you know, his daughter is is on the is on the point of death. You, you know, you you can almost feel the the tension grow because we because we know that he's going there. Right? I mean, it's like it, Jesus is on the move, and 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 any number of points in the passage where it's like he's not going to be deterred it happens a couple of times in the in the passage. You just think. Man, this guy's reckless, you know. <laughs> wow, this guy's really no. What is he? He's determined to overcome death. He's he's determined to uh, to roll back the rule of death, and he's get, he's heading uh, right into it himself. And uh, he cannot be deterred. He's certainly not going to be. Um, he's not going to be distracted. But there is this there is this pressure on the scene. Like he he is he really going to go and do that? You know he's really going to go and do that, and then of course, uh, the the woman who who touches him, it's the same thing. That would have that would have made him unclean, yeah. But there's but there's no sense in in the story at all that that sticks to him, right? It's like there, there's not even like an an odor of death that clings to him. Jesus is Jesus is living beyond death already. And he's and he's going into the heart of darkness in order to rescue people from, uh, from from their uh, from their enslavement or from the oppression of of the forces of sin and death. And rescue is a good good word as well because this comes up in in the scene both uh, with the with the woman and with um, uh, and with uh, Jairus and and his daughter. The the uh, the command to to have faith and really. More, more even than the command to have faith to 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 um to exalt the people who are throwing themselves before him for their faith is very significant. Right? We see the we see the power of faith, not that it has power in itself, but by attaching itself, right? By by entrusting ourselves, our hearts, and our lives to Jesus. That's the act of faith. We're then uh, we're we're attached to him in such manner that. Uh, the the Lord of Life is ruling over us, and life is life itself is is welling up within us. Right? Do we see this um, the the restorative work and the and the renewing work of of Jesus here on the move, as he as he confronts um, the rule of 
the rule of sin and death. And of course, he's, and, and uh, you know, you say that with like um, this kind of um, broadly applicable, you know, he, uh, this, uh, I don't know, like um, world-changing reality that is Jesus, you know, doing, uh, doing battle with the forces of sin and death. But look at where it takes, look at where it takes root, right? It's not like he's, wa- he's walking through the crowd. I mean, it, 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 this is a funny little scene, right? He's, he's walking through the crowd and people are pressing in on him from everywhere. And he turns around and says, who touched me? He's like, everyone touched you, <laughs> you know, like, what are you? Uh, so, but he, but it's not like this, um, it's kind of like, but it's not like this healing wave goes out from him, you know, like a, an atomic bomb or something, it's like boom, and everybody's, everybody's instantaneously healed as, as this power you know, goes out from Jesus. It's, it's one afflicted woman who's, you know, who's at her, who's, you must imagine, who's at her wit's end. I mean, to, you know, she would have to be somewhat crazy to go and do what she did. And it's not, it's not simply that she will render Jesus unclean. Everybody that she went by along the way would be rendered unclean. They would not be happy with her. You know, and, and she's, she's desperate enough. It's not, that, it's not that she doesn't care. She's desperate enough for, for the cure that she, that she believes Jesus has for her, that she's going to push on past them anyway. And there's enough, there's enough reason to be afraid in that space, but, but not with Jesus, because he, this, this is precisely his focus. He wants, he wants her healing, and he's, he's prioritizing her as a person. Yeah, and it's and it's her again who receives the healing, right? She's she's gonna she's gonna go and do it. And this is that's a matter of faith. Is this? I look. I, I've heard this kind of slogan sloganeering, um, uh, faith over fear. I don't think I've said that once, except just now, right? Because what we intend to say by that is something very different than what we encounter in this passage. We we find people we find people in their fear and just oh just have faith just have faith. Does it cost you anything to say that? No. If it doesn't cost you anything to say to tell someone I have faith, then don't say it. Only when you're ready to pick up the burden of 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 the of that demand can you can you offer that to someone. It's cheap otherwise. That's cheap to to tell someone that they have to have faith, that they shouldn't be afraid. That's cheap. So we have, we have to do we have to do a lot better than that. Jesus does a lot better than that. Because Jesus is willing to pick up the burden, yeah, and and he, of course, you know, he's the one who's calling that person into the depths of the interpersonal relationship with him that is going to be life giving, restorative, and, and the rest. Yeah, we we see it with we see it with Jairus. I mean, it's this, it it's a challenge, right? He he goes up to him, and Jairus has every reason to to not be in this position with Jesus. You know, Jairus is the president of the synagogue. He's the one who, who controls the activity of the town. Jesus and his people are overrunning his operation. Now, it's not a terribly pleasant thing to have things relatively in control and then have someone blow it all, blow it all you know, out of whack. But, he, but here he is. He recog- but he's the one. He's the one who comes to Jesus in faith. Right? He's already doing it. And so when Jesus says to him, do not be afraid, just have faith, he's simply encouraging what's already happening in him. Right? There's no, Jairus would not be there were it not for his faith. And Jesus here is strengthening his faith as he goes, as he journeys with him. And what happens as he journeys with him? Who, pay, who pays the price of his going to Jairus' house? It's not Jairus. 
It's Jesus. They don't ridicule Jairus. They ridicule Jesus as he goes. And he's willing to take that on. Right? He's willing to bear the burden there. Right? So this, it's, it's terribly instructive for us. And of course he goes and says, little girl, I say to arise. And, and this is where I think we, we recognize at, at the end of our enjoying, I guess, the, the mark and sandwich. Maybe this is the, the, the little chocolate on the side of the, of the sandwich or the, the chips that, we, that I like to eat you know, as a reward for having eaten the, the sandwich. He says, little girl, I say to arise. Right? This, we're seeing then the power of the resurrection. Yeah, that's it. And that's what the whole gospel is oriented to. It's, it's Jesus' doing battle with death, uh, his, his, his going head-to-head -head with death, and his, and his overcoming death by dying and rising from the dead. And, now we, and then we stand in awe and say, okay, you know, how beautiful it is that he has done battle with death, that he, that he's, that he bore the burden, and that, he, and that he, rising from the dead, then becomes the source of life here and now for us, right? And, and so we, we come to him in faith, right? This is it. Now we run to him in faith. We can't be uh, held back by the crowds, right? We persevere boldly in going to him and, and putting in front of him, you know, all, all of our requests, right? We, we bring really more than our requests. We bring to him our heart, yeah, our hearts that are, that are made to love and are loving uh, the, the people entrusted to our care and, and are, and are doing, doing everything we can to bring that love to life in the world around us. We're bringing those hearts to him to be, to be again, freed from the burden of sin and death and to, and to be uh, lit up um, by, by his life for his purposes. Right? So this, I mean, this is it. At, at the word, they're utterly astounded. Right, they're utterly astounded, and this and this is us, right? Can, uh, do we see do we see the work of Jesus? Are we witnesses to the work of Jesus, even in our own hearts and lives, to the point of our being astounded? Right, he he's on the move. He actually won't be deterred or distracted. He's he is coming to give us new life. And today today he wants to he wants to raise us also from the dead.